This morning's reading is taken from John chapter 6, and we're reading from verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. Over these last weeks, we've been working through John's gospel, and I've decided to keep the reading and the sermon that I had been thinking of for today. Yesterday, we had the proclamation of a new king. And it was amazing to see that joining of history and modernity. The the idea of the whole Privy Council there, and one of the first instructions was make sure your phone's off. In the midst of, of, of that history and that building and all the uniforms and all of that stuff, turn your phone off. The significance of those things, the traditions, the uniforms, the language takes on a deep significance that's easy to miss and yet it's really important. The idea of proclamations in a time of TV and radio and internet seems to be archaic, but they speak to the continuity of monarchy and country. Some of you here might have seen the Queen's coronation the first ever televised. Some of you might have bought a TV for the occasion or maybe just went to family or friends or a neighbor along the road. One of the most talked about things over these days has been the faith that the Queen had. She talked about her personal faith in Jesus and that's the theme of the passage today and I hope that you'll see that and other connections as we work through. Last week, we looked at the story of Jesus feeding 5,000 plus people with a wee boy's lunch. And there were 12 baskets of scraps left over. 
You see, the bread and the fish in that story was supposed to turn the hearts and the minds of the people who were there towards God. The God who had promised to supply all their needs. They, they were to show something of the new Passover that Jesus was bringing to them. So at first sight, Jesus' warning to them seems to be a bit churlish. They're excited because he has performed this amazing miracle. But he rebukes them for having the wrong attitude. Partly because he knew that they were only moments away from making him king. And they were looking for a king like any other king. Not the sort of king Jesus is. There have been lots of speculation over the past few days about what kind of king Charles is going to be. Of course, that's understandable. For most of us, this kind of event has never happened before. In that reading today, the people were looking for someone who fitted their expectations. Not the one that God had chosen for them. So the charge from Jesus is that the sign of the feeding of the 5,000 is meant to lead you to the true food that only Jesus can give. In fact, he says, actually, it's me. I am the food. The question of who Jesus is comes to the fore here and becomes dominant through the rest of John's gospel. In John six twenty seven, it says this, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Well, I don't know if you watched yesterday, but there, were, there was a kind of box-ticking exercise, if you like, uh, with the Privy Council gathered together. And uh, it was, you know, we, we want this to happen. And some of the stuff they were talking about was the seals of the country, the great seals of the nations of the country. Because they still relate to the Queen. So can we still use them now that we've got a king and the king's got to say, okay, yes, you can, until new ones are made. These things are important. Laws have the, have the seal of the monarch on them. That's got to be right. And so there's this transition period. There'll be a transition period with stamps and with money and with passports and with all of those kind of things. There's a transition period going on here. God, like a goldsmith with a hallmark or like a king with the great seal, has stamped Jesus with the mark that declares not only where he comes from, but that he carries the full authority of God. In other words, Jesus bears the marks that say, this is the kind of thing God himself does. And he is making a demand in them. They must believe in Jesus. It's not a new understanding of or additions to the law, but it's a command that requires a change of heart. 
I find it odd that they ask for another sign when Jesus has just given them one. They wonder if, like Moses, Jesus will provide them food. But he just has. They were out in the desert. They didn't have any food. And he took a wee boy's lunch and he did a miracle. And he fed them all. I had more than enough left over. Why would they need another sign? They go back to what they know. They go back to their history. They go back to the people in the desert and Moses. And he asks, will you give us food? Jesus doesn't answer their question directly. He says that Moses was actually only God's agent. It wasn't Moses that provided the food. It was God. God gave them what they needed. And God will continue to give them what they need. Not just bread, but also spiritual nourishment to keep their faith and their hope alive. And then as al- almost to confirm that, he, he says uh, this amazing thing, the very first of the I am sayings. Jesus declares in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's talking about that fullness of life that comes through faith in him. It's so important that it's repeated twice, again in verse 48 and in 51. The emphasis is on nourishment until they and we recognize who Jesus is. There will always be a hunger in our souls, and perhaps we, even today, need to pray what they said in verse 34. Master, give us this bread now and forever. Over these days, we have seen that Queen Elizabeth understood that and she believed it. She believed that Jesus nourished her soul, that Jesus kept her and protected her and provided for her. One of the harsh lessons for the Israelites in the wilderness was that God wasn't at their beck and call. He wasn't obliged to them. He hadn't decided to rescue them because they were fantastic people. He hadn't discovered that they were morally superior or particularly godly. It was simply that in his sovereignty, he chose them to be his people through whom he would make his purposes to the world known. Queen Elizabeth understood that as well. She was chosen for her role, and it was one she carried out with grace and poise and humility. She was an amazing disciple of Jesus. So we find these Judeans grumbling, just as their ancestors had. Sometimes we never learn, (laughs) you know. They grumbled for years in the desert, and they're still grumbling. They were looking for a Messiah who would set them free from Roman oppression. 
who would give them what they wanted. And Jesus is warning them that they mustn't suppose that just because they are God's people, they are special in and of themselves. And the same is true of us. God may have called us and we may be his children, but it's not because we are special in and of ourselves. It is because of his grace and his mercy. Jesus quotes from Isaiah 54 to remind them of the complete helplessness of their ancestors. And that's why God takes the initiative and sends Jesus into the world. Only when people are humble enough to recognize God's unique revelation in Jesus can they taste the bread of heaven. And in Jesus, there is balance because the water and the bread of life are offered to anyone and everyone who are hungry and thirsty. And we're also reminded that it's eternal life that is on offer. Eternal life is the quality of life, sharing that inner life of Jesus that's on offer to all who believe. Eternal life tells us what sort of life it is. It's it's eternal. It goes on forever. But it's not just for when we die. It's for now. The life of Jesus in us and through us, available for all who believe. It's the life of heaven that God always planned to give this world. Not in in some disembodied ghostly spirit life that so many people think of. It, It begins in the present when we believe and it continues after death. Resurrection life with a new body. In 2 Samuel 23, there's a story of a time when David was fighting the Philistines and he was very thirsty. And he he said, oh, just in one of these off-the-cuff comments, wouldn't it be great to have a drink from the well in Bethlehem? And three of his men thought, ha-ha. I don't know whether they thought this would just be a great idea or whether they thought we can can get in with David. But they, they took their life, literally they took their life in their hands and they went and they got him water from the well. They worked their way through their enemies and they came back with this water. And David, he, he, he couldn't drink it. Because he said, I, I, I didn't want you to put your lives on the line for me. That's not this, what this was about. He didn't want to be seen profiting from their willingness to put their lives on the line. It would have been like drinking their blood. So when Jesus talks of eating and drinking his blood, what he's saying is that if they want to profit from what he's doing, you must eat his flesh and drink his blood. And that's what put folk off, because they didn't get it. How on earth can we do that? It's nothing to do with cannibalism. Just want to make that clear. He means kind of what David meant. David refused to drink, essentially, the blood of his comrades. That is... He he wouldn't profit from the risk of their lives. But Jesus actually, he says, I'm going to go one better than that. I am willingly giving up my life for you and for all who believe. And the way that you'll be able to share in that in a spiritual sense is to drink his blood and to eat his flesh. And that's why we have communion. (laughs) 
That's what we do there. Spiritually, we share in what God has done for us and giving Jesus at the cross. And it says that lots of people gave up at that point because they didn't get it. It was just too hard. What Jesus was asking was that they not only got their head around it, but that they put their heart and soul into it. The twelve stay. They're willing to acknowledge him as the Holy One of God. And Jesus is not only speaking about God's new age, but by his words and actions, he's bringing it into being. I think that's the challenge for us today. The challenge and the hope. Despite what we see and hear from the world, God is still active in our communities, and it's up to us to show them the kingdom in practice. It's up to us to bring it into being by being compassionate and loving. But also using the gifts, the abilities that God has given each one of us. Within her role as monarch, Elizabeth used the gifts that she had to draw people to Jesus. The people in his day who saw kingdom principles at work stayed with Jesus. And I hope that holds true today. So as we go, let's go and bring kingdom values and life in our workplaces, homes, shops, wherever we find ourselves this week. And as we go, let us be fed by and feed on Jesus. Amen.